Hey, creepy crawlers. I'm Katie. And I'm Nate. And this is Case, Case of, of the, the Creeps. Creeps. Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we are living on a prayer. <laughs> Take my hand. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> we'll make it, I swear. <laughs> Living on a hope and a prayer. <laughs> Is this our intro right now? <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Welcome back. I guess I could have. I, <laughs> I guess I could have joined in on the the serenade. That was. I apparently like to do the serenades, though. We've made that a little bit. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> we're halfway there. Whoa! We're, we're living on a prayer. prayer. Take my, my hand. We'll make it, I swear. Whoa! Living on a prayer. Ted actually, Bundy was, was living on a fucking prayer. That was really good, was though. <laughs> <laughs> we harmonized. What just happened right now? <laughs> don't, don't you guys knock us. <laughs> Normally, I have some stupid shit to say, but we couldn't think of anything. See, this is why we had to re-record, because I my intro was nowhere near that good. <laughs> <laughs> I got like three drinks going on here. Huh, you do. <laughs> well, hello there. <laughs> Doing things backwards. I said it. Uh, you did. <laughs> I'm Nate. <laughs> I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I'm Katie, and uh, welcome, creepy crawlers, to a conclusive episode of Case of the Creeps. Hope you guys enjoyed the breakdown episode of The Last of Us that was uploaded on Monday for you guys. I had the rickets. You were dying. What'd you say earlier? Tuberculosis. Yeah, it's yeah. A tuberculosis. <laughs> Whenever like I have to tell creepy husband like something. Is like someone or something's happening. Like I'll usually just send him the screenshots of the conversation. It's a lot easier. So he saw <laughs> that you said I have tuberculosis, and he was like, "Does he really have tuberculosis?" <laughs> I'm like, no, he's just being dramatic. <laughs> I like to come up with a new disease for uh, every time. <laughs> oh my god, it was my so go-to funny. is the rickets. The rickets, yep. But um, you got soft bones. <laughs> But tonight is going to be the closing of the very long book of a series, it feels like, on Ted Bundy. We're, we're sorry this has taken so long. Yeah, really sorry, guys. Fucking the rickets. Fucking just My problems moving. moving, freaking being sick. It's just been like, 20, I gotta say, 2023 hasn't exactly started off on fresh slates. You know, the last three years have been absolutely I, Honestly, I feel like we're still in 2020. Fuck. And dude. it's just a continuation. Like, we're just putting another number in front of it to kind of fake ourselves out. Yeah, we're just fucking... We're, just, <laughs> we're lying to ourselves. It's a ruse. <laughs> this is... I fucking... Every day, I become more and more convinced that this is a fucking simulation. Absolutely. <laughs> the Truman like, Show can you do was any, a hint of what's going on. Can you do any on. fucking better computer? Please. Please. Give me superpowers, I, you fucking I asshole. I need something, please. <clears throat> but we do have a few things before we get into our episode, and I will try and make it somewhat quick. First and foremost, I want to shout out and congratulate our creepy crawler, Amanda K. Woo! Amanda, you are our first crawler to send in a crawler account, and you are also the winner of our super sweet true crime junkie. She was cup. on that shit too. She was like, it was. It didn't take long at all. Um, Hell yeah, Mandy. So hell yeah. I didn't post a picture of the cup yet. I'll be sure to do that for you guys pronto, so that you can all see the awesomeness that was made and could have been yours. Which, by the way, this cup was made by our very own Booski Jenna who is hands down one of the most talented biatches out there. So thank you to Jenna and also to Mama Jerry, who is the reason this giveaway is happening as well. Thanks all around, you bunch of creepy ladies. We love you. But now, back to Amanda. First off, Amanda, you are the coolest crawler out there for sending in your crawler account. And I am so pleased to be able to read this Thank you for this opportunity to share your little blurb about a murderer that was in your area while growing up 
and is now also on our list for to be in a future episode. But enough jib-jab. It is time to read your tale. Jibba-jabba, jibba-jabba, jibba-jabba. <laughs> so here we go. So uh, it wasn't titled anything super fancy. It's just a sit crawler account. But it says, hey, creeps. First off, I want to say you guys are awesome and I love listening. Fuck I, yeah, Amanda. I seriously recommend you to everyone I know. I love being able to listen and be a part of a whole group with people that enjoy the same stuff as me. Sometimes I'll try and bring up something creepy or serial killer oriented to people. And people, I'm sorry, will look at me like I grew a second head. You should see when I go out and I start going off about, Yeah, people are like, like uh, hear you, you, you want to hear about Albert Fish? Yeah, they're like, what? <laughs> so thank you guys for making this possible. And of course, you have permission to use my name. So here's my little crawler account. I know I've suggested this killer to Katie already, who goes by the name of Arthur Shawcross. He was active in my city and was nicknamed the Genesee River Killer. Side note, minor trigger warning for rape on a minor here. He got started by raping a 10-year-old girl and murdering her. fucking cocksucker. And then went and did the same to an 8-year-old girl in Watertown, New York. He ended up going to prison on manslaughter charges for 14 years and then was released. <laughs> Thank wow, you, what justice a, system. The system really Hell failed yeah. there. After release, he, yeah. <laughs> he, he moved to Rochester where he proceeded, oh my goodness, <laughs> to murder 12 prostitutes and dump them off the nearby bridge. Hey, oh. sex work is real work, you son of a bitch. Wow. Those women were just trying to make a dollar. Good lord. They actually, oh my word, this is getting worse. <laughs> they they actually caught him urinating off that same bridge and that was how he was caught. Can you imagine? That's how you get caught peeing off a oh fucking bridge. Oh my god. A decent exposure and they're like, hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> he went back to prison for a two, with a 250 year sentence and ended up dying in prison, which is what he should have done the first time. And I'm sure it wasn't something glorious right he's like oh i got cancer yeah they, it's not like any of the inmates did something about yeah. it now here's the creepy part my parents knew some of the victims very closely but i was also told that there was a restaurant we would go to every sunday when i was a baby and have breakfast it was the same restaurant that arthur would be at too and he would apparently come up to my mom and tell her i was a cute baby and would try to play with me. Boy. Oh, I tell my you Lord. fucking right now, you're getting the swiftest uppercut. Uh, don't come near my child, sir. He probably smelled like pee, too. Ugh. Like, ugh. Just stale like, beard smelled like pee. like hooker and pee. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Anyways, okay, so I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was owned by a guy named Jimmy the Greek, and he would yell at Arthur to get out and away from us because he was such a weird, creepy guy. There is a lot more to his story, but this is just the rundown of it and what he's done. Looking at the dates now too, I think my mom might have been confused on which <laughs> baby was with her <laughs> because the dates actually match up with my older brother. Here's my crawler account, Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Amanda. Thank you That's so awesome. much for this crawler account. It was so cool, and I love that you wanted to share that with us. So thank you again. This guy, again, has officially been added to the list of topics, too, and I can't wait to start looking more into him in a not-so-weird way. Your cup is also going to be packed up and sent out to you soon, so congrats for being the first listener to send in a crawler account and get your own uh, favorite mug now because you can drink anything out of it. We've already listed all those fun things. If you guys have your own crawler accounts, creepy tales or spooky facts, please send them in to us. I want to read them and get spooked by you guys. I want to read them on the episodes and I want to celebrate our awesome listeners. So you guys can send those into caseofthecreeps at gmail.com and be sure to put something snazzy in the subject line so we don't pass it thinking that it's junk. And please don't drink, like urine and blood you suggested that <laughs> please don't do that don't, i mean unless that's that. your thing i'm not gonna kink shame you but i don't want to don't do it don't do it also if you have chili recipes please send those into this uh same email so that we can make it review it and put it into the cookbook that's in the works and being made too uh so that we can also continue to do our side series of the chili crawlers as well 
Now, I don't want to do Which we haven't done one in a while. We haven't. Like, we I really need to. Yeah. Now, creeps, it is officially time to close the case on this major creep that we have been covering. He was the reason that I got inter- interested into true crime and because of how extra this guy was and how this trial rolled out as well. He was even executed right here in Florida when everything was all said and done. Fuck yeah, Florida. Spoiler Woo! alert. But we got to get through a bit more of his craze before we get to the shocking ending. <laughs> <laughs> Now let's go ahead and pop this case because I'm thirsty. Fucking dad jokes. <laughs> you know I have a soft spot for I him. know you do. That was good. It was. To Bundy. Oh. <clears throat> it was slipping outside of my mouth. Did you listen to the last episode <clears throat> of me doing the breakdown and how I was like, I will not gulp in the fucking microphone? I have not got to listen to it. I roasted you. Good. I was like, I will not gulp in the fucking microphone because I have to listen to it when Nate does it, and it's fucking disgusting. It's my thing. That is fucking disgusting. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to do much of a highlight from the other parts for the sake of time and not sounding like a broken record player, but here are the highlights. (laughs) Bundy has officially been enveloped into his murdering spree. He has raped, tortured, assaulted, and murdered at least 25 women in the Pacific Northwest at this time. He admitted to around 30 murders total when everything was all said and done, but we aren't done just yet. We He had a few different tactics that he used to lure the girls in, one of them being... Come here. Come here, girls. Oh, my God. Oh, you didn't do that? No. Oh. One of them being... <laughs> no. One of them being the broken student heartstring approach. He would put on a caster, use crutches, and approach female students asking for help carrying his books to his car. Once near the vehicle, uh, Bundy would use a crowbar, hit the girls over the head, and then push their bodies into the ugly tan or brown VW bug with the missing passenger seat and then drive away. I wish just one time he would do like the old man gig. He like dressed up in old man clothes and like put on the prosthetics like, could you help me cross the road? It's like a grandpa Ted. Yeah, it's like, I just need help into my car. Oh my God. And then Crowbar, crowbar, crowbar. Use the walker. I was kidding the whole time. God. (laughs) Yeah, use the walker. (laughs) With the tennis balls on it. (laughs) Just (laughs) drop it across the face. I told you. <laughs> I got you. I'm not an old man at all. I'm a serial rapist slash murderer. Be all like hunched over and then stand up and be like, ah. ah. <laughs> Murder's not funny, guys. No, it's not. It's not funny. It's not funny. He did have a specific type that he would usually profile and prowl for. The female college age student on the thinner side with brown hair parted down the middle and innocent. Unfortunately. How did you know they were innocent though? They had the innocent look about them. Mm. Overtrusting. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, Not what I was why did you go there? <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, the si- intrusive thoughts. <laughs> yeah, my, my intrusive thoughts won that time. <laughs> God damn it! Unfortunately, the slime had the characteristic. Wow. The charismatic personality and charming looks going for him, which made him seem to be on the trusting side and preyed on the girl's attraction to them. He's like a rapist Rico Suave. Oh, yeah. yeah. In other words, he was good looking. Reference millennials. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? (laughs) He was good looking. He knew it and he used it. He did actually go to school as well and did have an interest in the law side of education. I am just throwing that out there because it does become important later on. It actually made him, that's what kind of made him dangerous was he was intelligent. Yeah. He, he wasn't a he fucking, was. dumb, he wasn't Richard Ramirez. But he, he was fucking... also the lazy intelligent. He had to really like, he had to work for it. It wasn't just handed to him. And like, honestly, I think that. he just did it as a ruse to get closer to fucking women. I agree. Now, not only was Bundy racking up these numbers victim-wise, he also had this sense of invincibility about him as well because he was also grabbing the girls in the middle of the day in broad daylight, too. He had started with his spree in the Washington area, and then when the body started to be discovered because, oh, by the way, Bundy didn't just murder these poor innocent girls and leave them. No. He possessed them now. They were considered his property in his eyes. So, whenever the assault, torture, rape, and murder was done, Ted would then leave them at his own personal gravesite that he would create in the mountains of Washington. Ooh, daddy needed that. 
Ooh, that reward. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, he needed to. It was just a trophy thing for yeah, him. It was like his own personal outdoor trophy room in a they way. They want to go back and talk to him. And it, they have control over him, which, I mean, it's fucking weird for Bundy, so too. Because he wasn't, like, abused or fucking, you know no, what I mean? No, he was so wasn't. Weird for he was nature. Yes, he was. Now, what he would do is he would leave them in the mountains of, of Washington in his own little personal gravesite that he would make. And then he would come back and visit them. He would put makeup on them, shampoo their hair. That's the weirdest fucking part uh, for me. He was like putting makeup on. He's like, mm, like fucking Buffalo Bill and stuff. It mm, is. Boy, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me hard. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, horses. Oh my God. Give me back my dog, lady. <laughs> You know, I've never been able to finish that movie. You fucking every time. I know. Goddamn movie. You're like, I haven't seen it. I don't even see it all the way. Who are you? I can only. I I can like barely. Yeah, that's why I watch stuff like that. Like it's like a bug zapper. I can't. (laughs) I can't. Well, and like I've never had a chance or an opportunity to like sit down and watch it fully. One day I'm gonna make you sit there and watch all these movies. (laughs) Look at it. I mean. I mean, you watch Frankenstein. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's hard to get through. No, it's actually really good. See, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyways. Next is Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, we gotta watch that. Yeah. We should do a Chili Crawlers and episode and do Bride of, Bride of Frankenstein. And then, that's what we should do, is we should do Chili Crawlers and old freaking creepy movies. Yep. We should do a live. You ever see Mystery Science Theater 3000? No. Does that surprise you? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually it doesn't, because okay. it's very... There is a very niche group of people that actually enjoy yeah, I mean, Mystery Science Theory 3000. And I am one of those people who watch like 1920s horror movies like Frankenstein. I'm like, fuck yes. Okay, I'll raise you up the fact that I've never even heard of it. That's fair. Okay, cool. God, now I gotta make you watch Mystery Science Theory 2000. Should just start making a list. <laughs> we have lists. We have, we have lists. numerous lists. <laughs> we do. <laughs> In different books. <laughs> We don't have two <laughs> lists in the same book. Uh, he would visit them, put makeup on them, shampoo their hair, and then proceed to indulge in necrophilia with the girls until their bodies were too putrefied to continue. My second favorite philia. Absolutely disgusting. You know what my first philia is? I don't want to listen or even indulge to what you're saying right philia now. Philia Heine. <laughs> late night right now <laughs> god almighty okay that's what makes this podcast so good we're not big names nobody knows no, us no nobody knows like us. 250 people know who we are <laughs> god we love you guys <laughs> there's a specific niche of we're people. a very niche group <laughs> <laughs> okay now, once the bodies started to be discovered, Bundy relocated himself to the Colorado and surrounding areas and continued his spree until eventually he was pulled over by a Utah Highway Patrol car, or when a Utah Highway Patrol car spotted him in a tan-colored VW Bug matching the description of the one that had been spotted in Washington at the time of some of the girls going missing, and Bundy tried to get away. This induced a high-speed chase for a while that ended in him being taken into custody with some questionable items in the back of his car. Oh, yeah, like arms and feet and no. teeth. No, no. Crowbar. Like, a crowbar, yes. Yes. You, you were one for three they on that. <laughs> Doing pretty good. <laughs> He was also seen as a person fitting the description of the attempted kidnapping on Carol Durange, but without sufficient enough evidence, he ended up being released and put under 24-hour surveillance. One final thing I may have forgotten to mention earlier. All while Bundy is out killing these poor girls, our guy Ted here is also very seriously dating a woman who was already very suspicious of Bundy and even called the police multiple times to report him as a suspect of the crimes being committed. And her name was Liz Cloakford. My fucking dude, Liz. But that's not it. He was also dating off and on an old work pal by the name of Carol Ann Boone. Damn, my, my dude Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> He's two-time in Bundy, I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Please don't crucify me. God, there <laughs> are 250 people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember, both of these names, creeps, they're going to come up a bit more towards our end. And this is where we left off with part two, 
So let's officially dive into our conclusion. <laughs> now that we've gone off the fucking rails. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit here. As usual, I would like everyone to take a deep breath. We got through the super hairy, nitty gritty parts in our last episode on Bundy, but this one still has a couple more to get through before we are completely through it. So here is your first, first official. <laughs> here, she's a, she's a, but is she short? Yeah. Here is your first official trigger warning of the night. Now, Bundy has been freshly re- released from police custody and has also gotten a big wake-up call of, oh shit, they're onto me. And while under Salt Lake City police surveillance, our main man, Detective Jerry Thompson, my dude, who was on the case, started to see That's the my dirt. Fucking, my boy, Jerry. He stirred that pot. Mm. Um, he <clears throat> was on the case and it started to see the dirt getting swept up by this guy and actually flew out to Seattle with two other detectives to interview our girl, Clopfer. She told them that in the year prior to Bundy's move in U- move to Utah, she had discovered objects that she, quote, couldn't understand in her house and in Bundy's apartment. Like, it was so weird. He had, there was like a scalp. There was like an eye and some, some teeth, teeth and a fingernail. <laughs> and it the was a like, hmm. painted fingernail. The cop's like, hmm, that is weird. These items included crutches, a bag of plaster that he admitted stealing from a medical supply house, and a meat cleaver that we can all agree was never used for cooking. Or was it? I don't know. <laughs> God, I hope not. Additional objects included surgical gloves, an oriental knife in a wooden case that he kept in his glove compartment, and a sack full of women's clothing. Bundy was perpetually in debt as well, and Clopfer suspic- suspected that he had stolen almost everything of significant value that he possessed. Okay, now, remember when I told you that... You never watched the movie about him. It came out in, like, the fucking 90s. And it was fucking weird because it was, like... I'm pretty sure it's the same movie. But it would, like, show him, like, running up on porches and, like, stealing potted plants and shit for, like, no fucking reason. Okay, yeah. I remember you telling me about this. <laughs> yeah, it was the fucking weirdest thing. It wasn't a good movie by any <laughs> means. But it was fucking hilarious. So he just, like, he'd pull it. He had the bolts. Like, fucking... God, I wish I remember the actual name of it. Maybe this is, like, the Mandela effect. But... I swear to God, there was a movie like him, like jumping out of the car, like stealing shit off people's boards, just like plants oh my and God. shit. God, have to find it. When Liz confronted him over a new TV, and he warned her, saying, "Quote: If you tell anyone, I'll break your fucking neck." Jesus Christ. So Liz had also seen the hidden aggressive side of Bundy as well, which led more into her own personal suspicions. And here's some other little tidbits that'll give you the creeps too. She said Bundy became very upset when she considered cutting her hair once which was longer and parted down the middle. She would sometimes also awake in the middle of the night to find him under the covers of the bed with a flashlight. Just ferociously masturbating. Examining her body. Just, that's such an invasion of privacy. Now on the flip side, Bundy was feeling that heat getting hotter and hotter on his trails. So he decided to dwindle his belongings, AKA evidence. So with him starting to dwindle his belongings, this led to him selling his VW Bug to a teenager in no. September of 1975. God, could you fucking imagine? Hold up, because he was still under surveillance when he did this. So the police very quickly swooped in and confiscated that car and tore it to pieces looking for more evidence. And, and boy, they found it. Yeah, and once again, fingerprinting. Wasn't a thing. DNA testing, not a fucking thing. Not really. But what they did find were hairs matching samples obtained by uh, Karen Campbell's body, who was the victim that Bundy nabbed from the Wildwood Lodge in Colorado while she was walking to her hotel room. They also identified hair strands microscopically indistinguishable from those of 17-year-old Melissa Smith. Solid. Thank you. Solid. There was no trip up or anything. No, I did good. <laughs> the police. This was the police chief's daughter that went missing, and then Carol DeRanch, the one that got away, also had hair fibers in there as well. It's like, bro, clean your fucking computer, dude. Now get this. Blow it out. You got blowers. In an interview, FBI lab specialist Robert Neal concluded that the presence of hair strands in one car matching three different victims who had never met one another would be a coincidence of mind-boggling rarity. Yeah, it'd be one in a hundred trillion odds. But here it is, right here in front of our police right now. 
So with that evidence of the hair strands from Carol DeRanche in the car, they had enough to bring Bundy in to be a part of a lineup for Carol to I, to ID her perpetrator from. You you fucking did really well on that other one, and you I, fucked up on ID. Would, would, you, just, would you just stop? <laughs> God. It's the small words for me, okay? <laughs> now, on the day of the lineup, you could almost hear... Nellie in the background singing hot in here because the heat was definitely on high for Bundy. He went so far as to Let change it all hang out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He went as far as to change the way that he dressed. He did his hair completely different, parting it on the complete other side, changed the way he walked. <laughs> this motherfucker's like Maybe if I put on glasses and a suit, I can hide my superman ass. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right, Clark. But this didn't help his what case. What a fucking dildo. For real. Like, you honestly think that's going to... He's like, like, he's like, do you think I can confuse him by parting my hair? Holy shit, it's a completely different guy. <laughs> wow. It could have been him. The other guy had his hair parted the other it's way. It's so true what they say. Look, do you see the way his ankles move when he walks? Completely different. <laughs> completely different. None of this helped his case. They all walked, and one by one, they had uh, possible perpetrators say a line. I think it was, um, if you scream, I'll kill you, which Bundy also changed the way that he spoke, but Carol was a smart cookie with a newfound dump truck full of trauma, thanks to this creep, and she was immediately able to ID him as the faker Officer Roseland. Bundy was then taken into custody Come and charged. On, leave me, you're in a badge. Leave me, leave me. Uh, but he dressed up as a fuck. He was like a, a fucking uh, an EMT outfit. A police officer yeah. outfit, yeah. I thought it was an EMT outfit. He, or a security was, officer outfit. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he got it from Spirit Halloween. <laughs> Bundy was then taken into custody and charged with aggravated kidnapping and attempted criminal assault on Carol DeRanche. He was able to free himself thanks to his parents paying the $15,000 bail. I'm sorry, son. No. You're staying. You're staying. <laughs> nah, do you, pay, you do the crime, you do the time there, homie. Then on February 23rd of 1976, Bundy went on to trial in Utah for the case against DeRanche. He was cool, calm, collected, charismatic, charming, all the C's except for the one that I refuse to say but rhymes with Bunt. (laughs) I think he was all of, he was none of those other things. Just the one. And he was in fact. Just that one. A cunt. (laughs) (laughs) His attorney, John O'Connell, advised Bundy that he waive his right to a jury due to the negative publicity surrounding the case, which he did. And after a four-day bench trial, or trial just by the judge, and a weekend of deliberation, Judge Stuart Hansen Jr. found him guilty of kidnapping and assault and sentenced him to 1 to 15 years in the Utah State Prison. How in the fuck you're like, you're like, he's like, 1 to 15. To 15. It was like, uh, just go with 15. You got or 15 how about for years to figure it out. Ever. Yeah. This sentence is just for one of the crimes that Bundy had committed. It had nothing to do with the other murders and assaults he had also done. And Colorado officials hadn't had their justice yet. And on October 22nd of 1976, they made their move. Bundy was extradited and charged with the murder of Karen Campbell and would face trial for the charges in Colorado. This made our cool, calm, collected cunt. Oh, shit! Shit! Fuck yeah, your mom would be proud. (laughs) (laughs) Not cool and calm. In fact, Bundy started to get a little disheveled at the thought of facing another trial and came up with a plan. Not a great plan, but a plan nonetheless. You ready for it? He's like, I'm going to brush my hair backwards. (laughs) Bundy planned on representing, I'm sorry, representing himself in court. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. Because again, he loved law and wanted to be a lawyer. And since he planned on his own representation, he would need access to the library for research on other similar cases in the past. And you know what libraries had? Windows. That's right. (laughs) Bundy planned his first escape. So a little foreshadow there. And again, don't forget, we are Mr. Cool, Calm, Collected, Charismatic, and Charming. And we are using it to our full advantage to schmooze the popo. Look at me. I comb my hair different. Come on. We're thinking, we're trying to make them think that, hey, they got the wrong guy. I'm too nice to do something like this. And to quote Papa Bear from our last episode, 
Look at this chin. Look at his chin. Look at his chin. Look at it. It's you nice think someone chiseled. with this flawless jawline could look really go out and murder it's someone? It's like I'm part Indian. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Mr. Popo. They obviously got the wrong guy. But anyways, with Bundy representing himself and gaining access to the court library for research. <laughs> let me let me read that how I typed it. <laughs> I just look at Anyways, with Bundy representing himself and gaining access to the court library. Faux research. Faux. It's not even an H, it's just F-O. Faux. I told you Faux. I should have looked at this better. The judge also granted him release of handcuffs and leg shackles as well so that he could navigate the library more efficiently. This would also come back and bite the judge right in the ass too. On June 7th of 1977, whilst taking a break from court during a preliminary hearing, Bundy spotted an open window in the library and decided to act. He would later describe the moment during a phone call with prison psychologist Dr. Al Carlisle saying, quote, the guard went outside for a smoke, the windows are open, and the fresh air is blowing through, and the sky was blue, and I said, I'm ready to go, and walked to the window and jumped out. Honest to God, I just got sick and tired of being locked up. Get out of here, dude. (laughs) You were locked up for murder and kidnapping. You deserve to be there, you narcissistic creep. He's like, you know what? I hate it. I got sick and tired of being locked up. You ever see Idiocracy? Yes, I have seen Idiocracy. He's like, hey, I'm not supposed to be here. And the guy's like, well, it says here you you have to go back to prison. He's like, oh, no, go check the file. And the guy walks away and he just runs out. It's, It's just like that. They also thought that if they gave... If they watered the grass with Gatorade, it would get electrolytes. I fucking love that movie. It that is, is, we're living. That is a prediction of <laughs> what's li- going to happen. Thank you, Mike Judge. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Mike Judge. We're living that movie right now. So, now, Bundy, when he decided he was going to do this escape, ended up jumping 30 feet. And when hit the ground, he sprained his ankle. You <laughs> jumped 30 feet? How does nobody see this man <laughs> jump 30 feet out of the air? Out of a window. The courthouse window. Parkour. 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 <laughs> um, he sprained his ankle. And this is one of those intrusive thoughts that I think he just acted on because he had no plan, no backup, no money. He just shed a layer of clothing and then limped his way towards the Aspen Mountains. It took the guards and police officials 10 minutes after his escape to catch on and began setting up roadblock roadblocks across town and placed all citizens on high alert. But it was too late. Bundy had already made it into the woods. He trekked up the mountain and wandered around the forest, sleep and hunger deprived for about six days before stumbling back down the mountain into the town of Aspen in an attempt to hijack a car. Somehow, he was able to accomplish this endeavor and jacked a car, but... Poor Bundy missed his beauty sleep and his ankle hurt oh, real bad. Oh, my little bad. ankle hurt from jumping 40 feet. Oh, <laughs> the poor baby. <laughs> the exhaustion from everything his Poor dumbass's ankle hurt. Oh, <laughs> dumb, dumb. So sad. So sad. Um, the exhaustion from everything smacked him hard, causing him to drive pretty erratically. Can anyone take a guess at what would happen next? <laughs> this guy's drunk. Check it out, Johnson. Look, we got another one. <laughs> <laughs> we got another one, Johnson. put that light on if you guessed he got away and made it south you'd be wrong instead he was pulled over for erratic driving and endangerment and was very quickly arrested after seeing the office after (laughs) the officer saw the grisly sight of bundy he's just like on the shelf he's got sticks and leaves in his hair like his ankle swollen (laughs) to the size of a softball police took one look at him and went yeah you are exactly who we've been looking for you're him (laughs) You're him, aren't you? You're ya? fucking him. No. He's like, I am getting a fucking raise. That's what I said in here, too. Daddy's getting a promotion. I bet that officer got a big fat raise. And after six days on the run. Should have beat the dog shit out of him with a billy real. club. Now, back then, they could do it. it like, well, he was resisting. He was resisting. <laughs> I mean, they could do it now. but <laughs> They could. But after six days on the run, Bundy was back into custody and taken to the Garfield County Jail. He didn't waste any time either trying to plan his second escape. And Bundy didn't really like being locked up and was hellbound on making his next escape work. Hellbent. Hellbent. 
Even with extra surveillance and guards and privileges being taken away, Bundy didn't let any of that hinder him or his spirits. It's like, I love you, Philip Morris. <laughs> um, being a free jailbird. He spent the next six months planning and getting ready for his grand Did somebody escape. say, free bird? Because <laughs> I'm free as a bird now. <laughs> And this bird you cannot change. <laughs> ten minute guitar solo. I'll do it for ten minutes. You know those intrusive thoughts that we just talked about. Most people want to drive into a tree. I have to do that. I have to do guitar solo. We are a very niche centered people. <laughs> Right back to it. It goes full circle. It's like a circle. <laughs> it's like you, just, you just keep going. Okay. I'm not sorry, by the way. I'm not sorry <laughs> to any sorry. of you. I'm not sorry to any one of you. Okay, so Bundy spent the next six months planning and getting ready for his grand escape. He saved money brought to him by his gal pal, Carol Ann Boone. Fucking bitch. Do we remember that name? To the point of accumulating around $500. Not that, only, that was a good chunk of change. For real. Not only that, but he was able to acquire a floor plan map and a hacksaw from fellow inmates as well. On top of this man literally starving himself and losing around 35 pounds. I love you, Philip Morris. Why? So that he could fit through a hole in the ceiling. On December 30th of 1977, with most of the prison staff off on Christmas break, Bundy piled books onto his bed and covered them over with blankets to make it look like he was sleeping He's underneath. Like, hey, you look awfully square in there. What are you doing? <laughs> He's getting really bony. He proceeded to make his way up through the grate and crawled towards a nearby jailer's room. Once above, he broke through the ceiling and dropped down. The jailer was out for the evening, so Bundy grabbed some civilian clothes from the jailer's closet, got changed, and walked out the front door. Walked out. The front door. He's like covered in like plaster drop. Nothing to see here, fellas. Let me make sure if you guys didn't hear that. He walked out the front door. Like legit crawled over his fellow roommates who had to have heard him scooching through the ceiling and just freaking walked right out. Unreal. But here's the crazy part. It would take around 17 hours before anyone realized that Bundy was missing. And by that time, Bundy had managed to steal a car, catch a flight, and jump on a bus to make his way to Chicago some uh, yes. 1,100 miles away. Back then when you didn't need an ID or anything. To do anything. A fucking flight. Just, yeah. No fingerprints, no body scan, nothing. Once he made it to Chicago, he hopped on a train to Michigan. Five days later, he stole a car and drove it to Atlanta, where he boarded a bus and made it to his final destination, Tallahassee, Florida. This man went through the whole public transportation system. I love everything. Everything, Everything's free for me. (laughs) No one's going to catch me. He really did have this high God complex of like, uh, you can't touch me. Yeah. So. um, He was a real piece of shit. (laughs) He was a real piece of shit. Why is he my favorite again? (laughs) Now, uh, once he boarded the bus and made it to his final destination, Tallahassee, Florida, this was on the morning of January 8th. He stayed for one night at a hotel before he rented a room under the alias Chris Hagen at a boarding house near the Florida State University campus. I just found my new uh, online profile name. Chris Hagen? For when I play video games. Oh my God. Bundy would later say that he initially resolved to find legitimate employment and refrain from further criminal activity, knowing he could probably remain free and undetected in Florida indefinitely, as long as he did not attract the attention of police. But his loan job application at a construction site had to be abandoned when he was asked to produce identification. Holy shit, somebody wanted a fucking ID? Out of all... In Florida? Yep. He reverted to... In the 70s? (laughs) In Florida. In Florida? <laughs> he reverted to his old habits of shoplifting and stealing money and credit cards from women's wallets left in shopping carts at local grocery stores, which gave him that old rush and made him crave for more sinister actions. So here is our next trigger warning creeps as we now get into the final actions and crimes Bundy committed right here in our backyard. And remember, Bundy loved the college girls and unsuspecting innocent girls. In the early hours of... January 15th, 1978. 
which is my birthday. Not the year, but the day. And one week after arriving in Florida. <laughs> Not the year? I am old. What do you got, Benjamin Button? <laughs> <laughs> Bundy, Bundy was able to get through an unlocked and faulty door to FSU's Chai Omega sorority house. Now, this is about to get really wild, really quick creeps because this man was able to do all of this in, I believe, around 15 minutes or less, surrounded by about 30 witnesses in earshot who didn't hear a single thing. Now, beginning at 2.45 a.m., he entered the room of 21-year-old Margaret Bowman and bludgeoned her with a heavy piece of oak firewood as she slept, crushing her skull. He then strangled her to the point of almost severing her throat with a nylon stocking and ripped her underwear off with such force that friction burns were found on one of her thighs. After killing Bowman, he walked directly across the hall and entered the room of 20-year-old Lisa Levy, beating her unconscious and strangling her. And what would become one of the key pieces of evidence against him as trial Bundy also bit deeply into Levy's left buttock and threw one of her nipples. Oh, God, that one gets me. Ooh. Good Lord. Can you God, imagine the gotta... bite force it takes to take off a fucking nipple? And, and then things are so sensitive to me. Oh, my God. It's like a fucking alligator. He nearly severed it from her right breast. Um, using a bottle of hair mist Levy had in her, or Levy had in her room, he raped her vaginally. Okay. And anally in an assault so violent that it ruptured her internal organs. Okay, so hair mist. I'm not a woman by any means. <laughs> Is it? Are, are we talking hairspray? Yeah, it's hairspray. So, you know the stuff that gets sticky afterwards. It like, it's not lubricant. Yeah. By any means. No. So it's like sticking. It, uh, you know, I've... <laughs> and that's with such force that it literally ruptured her internal okay, organs. Yeah. We, we wonder why, because there's... It's sticky. Forces are fighting against it. Yeah, a lot You're of forces. You're not supposed to, Yeah, there's... And imagine, too, like, we're talking about a hairspray can. This isn't, like... not. We're not small here. We're about this size. About a twisted tea can size. Maybe a little bit smaller, but that's the size of a hair mist or a hairspray can. Yeah. I, okay, so I, I was completely misguided by that. I thought that he was using the actual spray from the bottle. No, 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 no. God, no. that makes it ten times worse. Mm, no, that, that can. The can. What do you... Like, he literally, like, he was in the middle of assaulting this poor girl, stood up, looked around, like, and thought, <gasps> what can I use? He's, like, manically looking. <laughs> and grabbed the first thing he, he could get his hands on. Left, right, left. Bottle. I mean, his... Let's... Think about it. His first victim, he assaulted with the literal bed frame post from the woman's bed. God damn. Although seriously injured and unconscious, Levy actually survived the assault at first, but died shortly thereafter en route to the hospital. So there's a lot of theories saying that she was alive and can feel like she was conscious enough to feel what was happening to her. This fucking sack of dicks. Mm. Um, in an adjoining bedroom, he attacked Kathy Kleiner, breaking her jaw and deeply lacerating her shoulder. And then Karen Chandler, who suffered a concussion, broken jaw, loss of teeth, and a crushed finger. Chandler and Kleiner survived the attack. Kleiner attributed her survival to automobile headlights illuminating the interior of their room and frightening away the attacker. Um, because of this, Bundy fleed the scene but was spotted by sorority sister Nita Neary, who, be- who came through the back door and saw him as he made a run for it. Within the next hour, Bundy do- donned a makeshift pantyhose mask. With, Hell yeah, old with, school pantyhose mask, yeah, baby. With holes cut out for him to see through and made his way to a <laughs> duplex house eight blocks away. He's like a fucking wet bandit. He is. <laughs> fucking terrible. He approached the apartment's basement window and climbed through under the cover of darkness. Finding FSU student Cheryl Thomas asleep in her bed at around 4 a.m., Bundy viciously attacked her, dislocating her shoulder as well as fra- fracturing her jaw and skull in five places. She was left with permanent deafness and equilibrium damage that ended her dance career as well. Now, for unknown reasons, Bundy pulled his mask off and dropped it on the bed. 
Thomas's neighbors in the room adjacent overheard the racket and phoned the police, who discovered her lying in bed badly beaten. In addition to the mask he had left behind, which contains hairs similar to Bundy's in class and characteristic, the police also found a semen stain on the bed, though there was no evidence of sexual assault. So another theory here is that Bundy would um, masturbate over his victims once they had succumbed to, like, unconsciousness. It kind of makes sense because the other he was fucking raping them with objects. Yeah, so... With his foreign objects. He's like, hairspray can. It was another control thing for him. Like, I am control over you. I did this to you, and that's enough for me. He's like, beer bottle, hairspray can, fucking bedpost. Yeah, like, it didn't matter. Everything but me, I can do this. Yeah, everything but me. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You fucking left a little bit of your spunk on the bed, dumbass. Yeah. Now, on February 8th, Bundy drove 150 miles east to Jacksonville in a stolen FSU van. Jacksonville is like three hours away from us. In a parking lot, he approached 14-year-old Leslie Parmenter, which was the daughter of the Jacksonville Police Department Chief of Detectives, identifying himself as Richard Burton from the fire department, but retreated when the 14-year-old's brother arrived and confronted him. He's like, what's up, you bitch ass? So he was able to get, she was able to get away. However, this next one, and I'm pretty sure this is our final one. I hate how this always he, happens. You know what's fucked that? He was like, I think he knew. He's like, the gig is up. He's like, I got to get in as many as I possibly can. Not only that, but I, he wanted to see just how far he could go. God. Guys, I really can't stress enough. This next one is our final one. It is the end, um, but it's really rough. Like, really just disgusting. It really shows just how disgustingly putrefying of a person Bundy was. So, that same afternoon... He backtracked 60 miles westward to Lake City. He's literally dancing around where we are. It's weird. At Lake City Junior High School. You would think. He'd be like, Daytona. Perfect place. Yeah. Um, At Lake City Junior High School the following morning, 12-year-old Kimberly Diane Leach, 12 years old, was summoned to her homeroom by a teacher to retrieve a forgotten purse. She never returned to class. It took seven weeks later, after an intensive search, her partially mummified remains were found in a pig farrowing shed, so like a pig pen, Mm. near the Suwannee River State Park, 35 miles northwest of Lake City. Forensic experts surmised that Leach had been raped before having her throat cut. This, This guy makes me so angry because he... Like, I, I honestly, I can't, I can feel my face getting hot every time I read this one. Um, for him to literally prey on perfect example of innocent girl, <clears throat> um, I'll never understand. Like, with the same thing, like, with the crawler account that Amanda sent in, that guy attacking such young kids, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me why you would do that, one, to anyone, but to fucking we, kids. We need a, ugh. we need an adjustment in sentencing abilities for the judges mm-hmm. to where they can be like, look, does any one of these victims' parents want to stay in a room with him for five minutes? You get five minutes to do whatever you want. You can't kill him because we still need justice. But. Quote, unquote. Hmm. Now look at me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in no way am I winking. <laughs> Not at all. Just look at the fingers. Quote, unquote. <laughs> justice. Give me fucking good God. Just, Just give any, me what they deserve. That's what they fucking deserve. They don't deserve for them to sit in prison for us to fucking... Pay. You see that rock? Mm-hmm. You see that rock right there? Mm-hmm. That's a good rock if you That's catch my drift. That's a fucking nice rock. That's a nice That's rock. A nice That's rock. a nice I'll, boulder. I'm telling you, I'll go back to the fucking... I'm gonna, I wish I was smart enough to stay in school so I could become like a senator and try to pass laws. But like, Come on, guys. I know it's archaic, but we should be able to bury them up to their necks and throw rocks at their face. That rock would be the rock. <laughs> That exactly. rock. And guys, I really do have a rock that's like on my bookcase. We'll take a picture of it it's for a you. Big guys. Ass rock. It's a nice rock. It's that's a, a big rock. It's a nice rock. It's a good rock. bludgeoning rock. Well, it's so there's a fun story behind that rock. It's a good Ted killing rock. Mama Jerry brought that rock back for me from Tennessee. They dug it up from the creek in Tennessee because it has a solid quartz line in it. What? I need to crack it over somebody's head so I can yeah, open well, it up. You know. You know. <laughs> but anyway. What better head than a pedophile? I like it. Now, this would end the killing spree for Bundy, thanks to Pensacola police officer David Lee, who pulled Bundy over around 1 a.m. near the Alabama state line after a wants and warrants check, 
showed his Volkswagen Beetle was stolen. He had a thing for the Beetles. He had, or the bugs. Like, he just, he had a thing for these bugs, man. Um, when he, when told that he was under arrest, Bundy kicked Lee's legs out from under him and took off running. Lee fired two warning shots, then gave chase and tackled him. The two struggled over Lee's gun before the officer finally subdued and arrested Bundy. In the stolen vehicle were three sets of IDs belonging to females FSU students, 21 stolen credit cards. My dude was going on a spending spree. And a stolen TV set. Also found were a pair of dark-rimmed non-prescription sunglasses and a pair of plaid slacks that were later identified as the disguise worn by Richard Burton, the fire department oh, yeah. guy, in Jacksonville. Let me get them plaid slacks. As Lee transported his suspect to jail, <laughs> he was unaware that he had just arrested one of FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives, and he heard Bundy say, quote, I wish you had killed me. Now... Can we all just have a woo girl moment for a second for Officer Lee nabbing this fucker? We're all just going to Ric Flair woo just for just one one second here. Are we ready? Oh, like a good Ric Flair woo? Because like, good job, Officer Lee. Bitch, you know how much I love Ric Flair. Why do you think I put it in here? Let's do this. Ready? One, two, three. Woo! <laughs> Styling, profiling, limousine riding, Rolex wearing. <laughs> Now, for the sake of time, I'm going to paraphrase. Paraphrase? Paraphrase. I I can't talk tonight. I like fries. I do, too. They're good. (laughs) This extent, we're going to paraphrase this extensive trial as much as I can for you guys without missing too much or glazing over too much, but I do want to make it very clear. This fucker was steadfast on proving that they had the wrong guy the entire time, essentially. Come on. Bundy stood trial for the Chi Omega homicides and assaults in June of 1979 in Miami, Florida. The trial was covered by 250 reporters from five continents and was the first to be televised nationally in the United States. Despite the presence of five court-appointed attorneys, Bundy again handled much of his own, once again wanting to be his own lawyer. Just stop. (laughs) Like, you've been caught. Like, just... Knock it off you here. You fucking cotton-headed ninny-muggins. <laughs> well done. Now, according to Mike... You thought I was going to say it. I've You already snuck it in there once after me, or you before said, me. I know. Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> now, according to Mike Minerva, a Tallahassee public defender and member of the defense team, a pre-trial plea bargain was negotiated in which Bundy would plead guilty to cl- killing Levy, Bowman, and Leach in exchange for a firm 75-year pr- prison sentence. Prosecutors were amenable to a deal by one account because, quote, prospects of losing at trial were very good, but <laughs> Bundy, on the other hand, saw the plea deal not only as a means of avoiding the death penalty, but also as a tactical move. This fucking fuckface. He could enter his plea, then wait a few years for evidence to disintegrate or become lost, and for witnesses to die, move on, or retract their testimony. Once the case against him had deteriorated beyond repair, he could file a post-conviction motion to set aside the plea and secure an acquittal. At the last minute, however, Bundy refused the deal. It may, and this is Minerva said this so perfectly. He said, "Quote: It made him realize he was going to have to stand up in front of the whole world and say he was guilty." Oh, God forbid! He just couldn't do it. God forbid you fucking hold yourself accountable, you piece of shit. Now, at trial, crucial testimony came from the Chi Omega sorority members Connie Hastings, who placed Bundy in the vicinity of the sorority house that evening, and then Nita Neary, who saw him leaving the house clutching the murder weapon. Incriminating physical evidence included impressions of the bite wounds Bundy had inflicted on Levy's left buttock, which forensic odontologists, Richard Surviron, is it Surviron? It would be Surviron? Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, and Lowell Levine matched matched to castings of Bundy's teeth. The jury deliberated for less than seven hours before convicting Bundy on July 24th of 1979 
of the Bowman and Levy murders, three counts of attempted first-degree murder for the assaults on Kleiner, Chandler, and Thomas, and two counts of burglary. Trial Judge Edward Cowart imposed death sentence for the murder convictions. Six months later, a second trial took place in Orlando for the abduction and murder of Leach. Go death penalty. Woo! Bundy was found guilty once again after less than eight-hour deliberation due principally to the testimony of an eyewitness who saw him leaving Leach from the schoolyard to his stolen van. Important material evidence included clothing fibers with an unusual manufacturing error found in the van and on Leach's body, which matched fibers on the jacket Bundy was wearing when he was arrested. So it's like a circle. Got him, coach. It's like a big circle. During the penalty phase of the Leach trial, Bundy took advantage of an obscure Florida law providing that a marriage declaration in court in the presence of a judge constituted a legal marriage. Guess who was on the stand? This fucking bitch. Carol Ann Boone, who had moved to Florida to be nearby Bundy, had testified on his behalf during both trials and was again testifying on his behalf as a character witness. This fucker asked her to marry him while on the motherfucking stand. And this bitch accepted. Disgusting. Bundy declared the court that they were legally married and then, oh, 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 nine months later, Carol would give birth to Rose Bundy, Ted's daughter. Gross. I feel bad for her. I do too. That poor kid. That, the, oh my God, she had to have changed her name. Oh, absolutely. She had to have. Absolutely. There's no way I would keep it. Hell no. No. Now, on February 10th of 1980, Bundy was sentenced for a third time to death by electrocution. <laughs> like, we're going to fry you three times, fuck uh, face. Yeah. As the sentence Go was Florida. announced... Go Florida. Woo! <laughs> now, this is where that whole sense of invincibility and crybaby uh, goody two-shoes Ted kind of comes in, because as the sentence was announced, he reportedly stood and shouted, Tell the jury they were wrong! <laughs> I'd be like, really, Ted? That's what you're going for your last fucking word? That's it? Shortly after the conclusion of the Leach trial and the beginning of the long appeal price process that followed, Bundy initiated a series of interviews with Stephen Michaud and Hugh Ainsworth, speaking mostly in third person to avoid the stigma of confession. He began for the first time to divulge details of his crimes and thought processes. Now, I'm not going to go into the confessions of what he said fully, there is plenty of info out there for you guys to look over if you are interested, and I'll be sure to cite our sources as well so you have them to look at. The man may have been reluctant to talk in the beginning, but once he started, he didn't stop. They can't help themselves. No, they really can't. They can't and fucking he, help themselves. If you do ever, got, if you guys haven't already, I'm sure you have. If you haven't listened to the conversation tapes with Ted Bundy that are on Netflix, I highly recommend it because you can really tell that he had no compassion at all either. He was engrossed in his details, like his murders were his life accomplishments, and it just... Yeah, it's about all he had. It makes your stomach turn. There was also a lot of back and forth when it came to execution dates for Bundy once he was fully convicted of everything. He did everything he could to buy more time. He obviously didn't want to die and would literally try anything to stall that from happening. He went as far as confessing to detectives from Idaho, Utah, and Colorado that he had committed numerous additional homicides, including several that were unknown to the police. He explained that when he was in Utah, he could bring his victims back to his apartment where he could reenact scenarios depicted from the covers of detective magazines that he loved so much as kids. A new ulterior strategy quickly became apparent. He withheld many details, hoping to parlay the incomplete information into yet another stay of execution. In other words, he was withholding information so that he could stay alive longer. He thinking that they were going to hold on, now we got to fucking try him for this and try to get this out of him and fucking extend it and retrial and blah, 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 blah. And it did work for a period of time, but it all came to a halt on the morning of January 24th, 1989 at 7.16 in the morning when Bundy was officially executed via electric chair. Hundreds of revelers sang, danced, and set off fireworks 
Oh my fucking god! I am you literally ten minutes away from being done. Did it? I almost got it. I wow. failed, boss. <laughs> Damn it! I'm tired, boss. I'm tired, boss. Real tired. <laughs> Hundreds of revelers sang, danced, and set off fireworks in a pasture across from the prison as the execution was carried out. It was literally, and it was held in Florida. So all I can think of is like <laughs> spring break outside fuck. on the field. They were, they, they were drunk as shit. <laughs> Just pew pewing away, boy. <laughs> with their yeti like, coolers in the back. Goddamn right. And like the guards and the prisoner, everybody's like, well, it is what it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> now, they also cheered uncontrollably when the white hearse containing Bundy's corpse departed the prison. And he was actually cremated in Gainesville, which is where my mom lives. And his ashes were scattered at an undisclosed location at the Cascade Range of Washington State in accordance with his will. And I have to believe... That his ashes were scattered somewhere where he fucking murdered somebody. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I bet you it's probably where his first victim was. I would assume so. Like, like that has to be it. He still got the last that or uh-huh. what if it was um, they ha- he had them spread his ashes where he came to the acceptance of like, yep, I'm gonna kill people. He's fucking. But anyways, that my wonderful creeps concludes the dramatics of Theodore Bundy. You guys deserve a huge pat on the back for making it through this episode. This was a lot to talk about, and I am very proud of us all. Now, we did do a poll on the private Facebook group, which produced that you guys, that you creeps are wanting to hear something spooky next. So we're going to pause on our heavy hitter series, and we're going to be covering the Bell Witch, which is actually what I've considered, I believe it said... America's first true haunting over like the Amityville horror Fuck and everything. Yeah. So it's super crazy. It's like a 10 year haunting that happened as well. It's super wild. I was reading up on it today. So we will see you creepy crawlers over there next. Do not forget if you do have your own crawler account, which is anything murderous, spooky, creepy, weird. If it's happened to you or in your hometown or somebody, you know, send it in. We want to hear about it. Um, you can send that in to caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. If you have a chili recipe that you want to be in our book that we are making. Give me your farts. We want all the farts. <laughs> Give me your bean farts. All the gas. I want your bean farts. All the gas. We want it all. Send it in as well to the email. It's caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. Maybe get a clip of me farting. <laughs> Maybe you'll get a sticker if you send in. A, a chili recipe. Fair. Speaking of stickers, I've been working on some new ones for you guys, so that'll be coming out soon. If you are so inclined as to support the podcast financially, which we would just love you so much for, you can join our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash case of the creeps. It helps us. It really does. So that we can do more stuff like the giveaways. Yeah. And- Make sure we have merch coming to you guys. Getting Papa Bear up and running on a computer as well. We're almost there. We're almost there. Almost. Almost there. Horseshoes and hand grenades. Chestnut checkers. (laughs) If you want to not pay, but still support us in a great way, you can join our private Facebook group, which is COTC Group on Facebook. Um, Find the password, agree to the rules, and join our creepy side. You can also follow our regular public Facebook page, which is Case of the Creeps. And our Instagram, which is at Case of the Creeps Podcast. I think that covers everything. Yeah. Be like Amanda and spread the fucking word. Amanda, again, thank you so much for sending in your crawler account. I hope that you have stirred the pot and induced more people sending in their crawler accounts because we just want to hear from you guys, honestly, at this point. Yeah. Like, you could literally send us in a small couple little sentence thing and we'll make it a big deal. Yeah, if you're like, you. hey, fuck you, Nate. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> Somebody said, fuck you to <laughs> us. fuck you, hell yeah. You know we who you are. We have a very specific niche of people. Uh, I'll you, find you. Hopefully you guys will be hearing you this. You ever see John Wick, you fucking piece of shit? <laughs> oh I won't do that, but <laughs> I will make your life hell because I have a platform. <laughs> Hopefully you guys are going to be hearing this either Thursday or Friday morning. Um, I'm going to try and edit this now that I have watched this fucking thing the entire time and it is actually recording us. I don't know what happened last time, but I'm super glad that 
we got to re-record. I think we just it was a sign that we needed to re-record anyways. Because it's just not as funny when it's just me. I'm boring. <laughs> I'm super boring. <laughs> but we are going to be pushing out Bell Witch for you guys on Monday. So you'll have that. And then... I hope that caught... Did it? I think that little I line. Think did. <laughs> I think it did. Yeah, <laughs> I think it... Line. Yeah, I think you know, it's got on my... Leave it. <laughs> you have to leave it in. No. I'm telling you, I still want to push for fart mics. <laughs> no, we don't need fart mic. A fart mic. No. A single fart mic. No. Come on. I'll make a deal with you. Mm-hmm. The day that we get you a computer, <laughs> I will think <laughs> realistically about a fart mic for you. What if I just buy one? No. We have the lapels. I'm aware we have the lapels, Nathaniel. I'm very aware. Well, it could just be it's a fart mic. No. Oh. Get a computer first. Come on. Chili crawler fart mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Be watching the movie and just hearing the farts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, we will be dropping Bell Witch for you guys on Monday, no matter what. You guys will be hearing this either Thursday or Friday. Probably Friday because I need to put my ass to bed. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We love you guys so freaking much. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, being patient with us, and still being dedicated enough to listen to all the bullshit that we push out to you. We really appreciate appreciate you guys so much. And most of all, we hope you creeps keep it creepy. I'm Katie. And I'm here so you guys can support my mental health. If I didn't have this, I'd have nothing. And I'd use the intrusive thoughts to drive it 110 to a tree. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.